Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Lorianne Rising. And I'm Uncle Mark Olmstead. Last week, Uncle Mark took us all on a journey through his music and his life. It was powerful, uplifting, and definitely well worth listening to over and over again. It was such a joy. So if you missed it, you'll definitely want to catch the replay. Well, thank you, Lorianne. Not that you're biased or anything, right? No, not yeah, at right. all. Uh-huh. Not okay. at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, today we have Sharon Hurley Hall with us. She is a professional business-to-business writer and blogger. She's blogged about digital marketing for companies including Jilt, Tabula, Slick Plan, Optin, Monster, Crazy Egg, Search Engine People, and Unbounce. She's been busy, in other words. She's the author of Exploring Shadism, an analysis the colorism phenomenon in Barbados and the wider Caribbean, and a top writer on medium for the diversity and Black Lives Matter topics, which she's passionate about. In addition, she's an occasional poet, yay, and co-hosts the Introvert Sisters podcast. In her previous life, Sharon was also a journalist and university lecturer. So welcome, Sharon. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, guys. Hi. (laughs) Happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, I have followed your work and writing for a number of years now, and I've always been struck by your level of professionalism, business savvy, and your dedication to success. So to me, having you here feels like talking with a mentor. So I really, really appreciate you being here. And I'm curious, how did you get into freelancing? Well, here's what happened. I, I worked as a writer for a number of years, and then I started teaching journalism. And what happened after that was that my daughter was born, and I didn't want to do the long commute. And so an opportunity came up to start freelancing, and I did it. What what really happened was I started blogging, won a blogging contest, and that told me I could get paid to do this for a living, which I had not really figured out before. And wow. the rest is kind of history. I've gone mm-hmm. from one topic to another, learning as I go and t- turning it into a full-time career. Wow. So being wow. paid, I, would, I will absolutely go with, uh, is a very good motivator. That, that, that would be a good thing. But what are, so what, are, what are a couple of other things that you love most, maybe about freelancing? I love writing. I have been writing, I guess, since I was in my teens. I love the chance to learn about new topics. I always describe myself as a polymath. You know, I love learning about a whole bunch of things. Writing about different topics gives me the chance to do that. Uh, I'm always increasing my knowledge. Sometimes it's important stuff. Sometimes it's little bitty stuff. You know, I'm a fount of useless trivia. (laughs) (laughs) You're prepping for your day on Jeopardy, right? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what's the most interesting topic you've worked on so far, do you think? Oh my gosh, that is an excellent question. And it's very hard for me to answer because... Because, A, because I've worked on so many topics, but also because many of them I'm interested in at the time that I'm doing them. So, for example, I did an in-depth guide to search engine optimization, and I learned so much while I was doing it, and it was fascinating. I have done, I did something on WordPress security and learned stuff that I didn't know about WordPress security. I did something on growth hacking that was kind of interesting too. Some of the most interesting stuff that I've worked on recently, um, I, I also write for Toots Plus and I wrote two guides for them, one on gender equality and one on diversity. And so that's probably the most interesting stuff I've written recently. So did you consider yourself a geek before or is that has just been part of what's happened since then? <laughs> I think I've always been a bit of a geek. One of my, <laughs> one of my former clients described me as a tech nut who touches 
topics that other people wouldn't touch with a barge pole. And that's <laughs> totally true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been just kind of blown away with the uh, how Laurie is able to stay at the computer when my eyes glaze over and it's just like I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm just very grateful that she's <laughs> she's got that geek gene that yeah. uh, that I'm still developing. I, I I'm not I'm not giving up on myself. I'm I'm working <laughs> on it. I I I'm hopeful, but um, but See, it's I claim it's both geek and nerd actually. You mm -hmm. know, and it depends on the situation. But absolutely, um, I know one of the things, and I imagine it's probably the same for you. I mean, working on these topics, you're probably learning things that actually help you further your own career as well. I mean, learning about search engine optimization and learning about, you know, so it. Oh, is that accurate? I mean, is that... That is absolutely accurate. In fact, what got me started on this road was uh, a mutual acquaintance of ours who was an, a search engine optimization expert. And she started blogging about that and I started learning. And then I started investigating. And it's, it's always a bit of a surprise to me that 10 years later, I'm the person that's telling other people how to do it <laughs> because, I, because I've picked up so much information in the last few years. It, it's, it's, it's great, actually. The, the writing career is one of the best careers you could have, in my opinion, because it keeps your mind sharp, mm -hmm. it lets you can learn things, it lets you help people, mm -hmm. it lets you connect with people. I mean, there's a lot to recommend it. And yeah. you know, I'm I'm was really I, my little you woohoo was on your poetry uh, part of your your bio. There was uh, authentic for me. I just uh, I feel like poetry is something that I have to take time for. And I, I'm I just wonder is there a way that you have figured out how to incorporate your poetry into um, your your career? Your, your career or your 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 geekiness you know <laughs> I mean, is that does that, or is that just a whole separate in many ways thing? in many ways it's a separate thing i i was a closet poet for a long long time i've been writing poetry since i was in my teens mm -hmm. and i never shared it with anybody until i want to say sometime within the last 10 years i shared a few pieces mm -hmm. and then last year I, I talked to a mutual friend and she encouraged me to enter some of my poems to a local competition. And so I won a few awards and I said, hey, maybe, I, maybe this is not just for me. Maybe I could really do this thing after wow. all. So that's kind of what's happened. Because I, I don't write consistently. I write when something moves me. But yep. I probably have 70 or 80 poems knocking around somewhere. And yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Well, that, okay. Now well, that, I'm hearing a theme, though. This this is, let's this try it and bizarre. see if I win a contest. As you're exactly. <laughs> I mean, okay. So what, what contest are you entering next? I guess. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have submitted poems to a couple of places. And actually bringing it round to the question that Mark asked, for the first time this week, I published a poem on my medium profile which relates to my other interests of diversity and it's the first time i've actually done that on medium i think yeah well so, congratulations all i'll right. have Thank to look that much. up that'll all right. be fun <laughs> oh man well, this I think is i follow you on medium this is amazing i we're uh, kindred spirits here on a couple levels and i guess because she was the uh instigator of me sending off my kids book which is the poem oh, really? the, the the true sunbeam to the best indie book award right which you, you don't enter your first kids book into an international competition i mean that's that was the practice yeah, one, he, right? he argued with me for three days about whether or not to submit that and i did it anyway and Very three weeks three weeks later they 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 call me to let me know that well you know we have to verify your information because you know that's just standard protocol for all the finalists and and so they just wanted to make sure that they had my information right and i'm thinking wait but but, but you said the word finalist and <laughs> what, what so what the top 500 or so you just whittle it down oh no we usually get it down to the top five that is awesome and i'm like 
oh man well it's you know because i'm feeling like the thing wasn't even done right and it's like yeah, i've like still got all this work to do on it. my, my virgo in. steps in it's like oh. I was, there's so many other things i wanted to do so uh so then they they I, I just agonized over calling him back and asking if i could submit some improvements to it you know that might give me a better chance right and okay and, and the woman says, you know, the, the uh, Cassandra was her name, talking at, at, from the Best Indie Book Award. She finally just, she gives me the, uh, the, the inside uh, word that, well, okay, if you don't tell anybody, you know, you won. <laughs> no, she she let me know that that uh, in advance it, it was it was such uh, an amazing and I had to be quiet about it then for for, for a few like weeks three that, weeks or for, something wow. yeah so <laughs> so it was it was like but just unbelievable that to to win an international award for something like that but then it's like okay now it's this responsibility I feel like I've got to do it so yes. with your poetry I'm feeling like that you're probably in that same. Yeah. Same boat. It, it, it's it's now you're you're seeing your own writing differently, right? I it's mean, all real now. Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean. When I, when it was just for me, it right. was just for me. And exactly. Now other That's people exactly. have seen it, and yeah. now you have to think about it in a in a different sort of way. I, you know, it's almost mm -hmm. a. It's almost like you can't just relax now. It's or, or at least if it's like me. It's a little, so little very, bit terrifying. <laughs> very very qualifying for terrifying I'm, well and and so okay but back to back to <laughs> Lori has a, well it, well it's a great i i love hearing those stories i love that you're using those competitions as a launching point because i think sometimes we really do need other people to tell us yes. and give it because if you're and i you know I don't know, maybe it's, it, I do the same thing or maybe you, you do something similar in that, like when I'm right, I don't do poetry, but when I'm writing a story or when I'm writing about an experience, there's a way in which I sort of feel like a fish in water. Like I'm <laughs> too close to it. I can't see it. Like I can go through and edit it and it's technically correct, but I can't tell if it's gonna land in somebody's head or heart or go right to their soul sort of thing. And so I have to have that feedback somehow from other people because I just, I don't have that experience of it. Is absolutely. that? Ha, ha, absolutely. Has that been similar to your, your freelancing that, that you kind of like, well, obviously you said you, you got paid with yeah. blogging and that was, that was obviously like feedback, right? So, I mean- Of a you, sort, of a sort. Of a sort, but well, you know what gives me more feedback is when people say, I learned something from this. You mm -hmm. explain this in a way that I could understand. So that for me is very empowering. For, mm -hmm. for the poetry, it was a slightly different thing in that because it was blind assessed, it was an independent, mm. it was an independent view of my work. It wasn't somebody in my family saying or a friend saying, oh, I like your work. It was somebody that had never seen it before that said this has value. For exactly. my freelancing, I get that sometimes when people comment, when people share. But I guess at this stage, I've now been doing it for long enough that I can actually tell when it's decent. Mm -hmm. I can't necessarily tell when it's going to strike a chord with people, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that when I write an article about an aspect of digital marketing, that it is, it's done reasonably well. So you yes, can trust sure. yourself more, maybe, yes. that, that it, yes. what you're saying is, okay, I'm speaking more of my authentic voice here, so I can trust that, that if I feel good about it, then there's a good chance somebody mm -hmm. else is going to. Yes. I think yes. that whole thing, that, that development that trust, process yeah. of, of self-trust is, is mm -hmm. a big part of this whole thing. So maybe as a part of that, what, what other types of qualities do you think really are required for somebody to do well at freelancing? Discipline is the mm -hmm. key one. Oh, the D word. <laughs> the D word, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, um, one of the things people always say to me is, you know, you turn out work so consistently. And part of that is because of my background as a journalist. Even though I started on a monthly paper, but we had regular deadlines, I'm used to delivering work for deadline. The other D word. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so my view is that when it comes to writing for clients, the deadline is sacred. So I'm going to deliver 
even if I don't particularly feel like it. And I think experience helps with that because as I said, I can turn out something competent that -hmm. people will be happy with. And therefore I just make sure that I hit those deadlines. I'm very organized. I, to give you an example, I have a piece of work that's due in a month's time. I've put three different dates in my diary for different stages of getting that prepared from doing the research and outlining it to drafting it, to second drafting and submitting. Okay. So that's what I do. Almost every piece of work has two or three calendar entries and Mm. I try to give myself plenty of time and I've learned over time not to give myself too many tasks to do in Mm -hmm. a single day. But again, that's learning. When, you know, when I started, you know, back when Laurie and I first met, I used to overcommit myself horribly. Mm. <laughs> you know? I, I think I, I remember those conversations. <laughs> yeah, I learned not to do that. I learned not to do that. I, uh, you know, one night when I was up till two in the morning, finishing off a batch of 100 short articles, I thought, okay, no, can't do this again. Mm. Can't mm-hmm. do this again. So, so uh, discipline... Uh, organization in terms of your calendar. A part of it is knowing your, knowing your topics and knowing where to go to for reliable information. But of course, that doesn't apply to everything because if you're doing something new, you have mm-hmm. to start with a research phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having a high bar for what con- constitutes decent research. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? triangulation and validation always yeah not not necessarily relying on wikipedia for you know that (laughs) yeah are there are are there sources that you typically can rely on that you you start with perhaps i've been curious about it as a non-researcher myself you know there are some uh what laurie said about wikipedia is partly true because back in the old days you couldn't rely on it at all but my way to use Wikipedia is to scroll down to the bottom mm-hmm. where it's got the sources and go to those sources and double check those and see if those are places that I'm happy to quote, if I use it at all. Oh, very for, good. Yeah, for digital marketing, I, I go to some of the sites that I used to write for because I know the process that goes in, that they expect from their writers. So I know that if content appears on their blogs, you know, if something appears on Optin Monster, if it appears on Crazy Egg, I know that it's been well-researched by and large, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Content Marketing Institute for Content Marketing Statistics. There, there are a few people that bring out stats every year. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go to them and make sure that I keep the links to the latest version so that I'm, I'm up to date, right? Wow. Uh, don't know where, I don't know who else to, to mention. Something that I quote fairly regularly is, uh, a chart on what happens in an internet minute and i can't oh, remember wow. I, I can't remember who actually created it but they update it every year wow an internet <laughs> minute i haven't heard that term that's <laughs> i bet there's it's, a lot it's evolved from new york yeah. minute to uh to now okay yeah, yeah cause, cause new york couldn't keep up probably is really what it comes <laughs> yeah. down to it's like tens of thousands of tweets and oh. instagram posts and so on so if you're writing about social media and digital marketing, it's helpful to have those stats at your ha- at hand. Um, Holy Mary wow. Meeker's Internet Trends Report, which comes out annually, is a good one for digital marketing as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I'm loving that it. we've got this list now. This is going to be great. <laughs> I, I really thank you. I'm, I'm, this is, Wow. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm curious. You mentioned a few things that you've learned along the way. I mean, what... If you had the opportunity from who you are today to sit down and talk with that person you were when you were starting out, what, what would you tell her? What, what's some advice you would give her? First of all, I would tell her, you're never going to end up working in web design, so get a better domain name. <laughs> <laughs> While it's available. Right. (laughs) Right. Quick. Yes. Uh, Oh, man. That this is a a viable career. That it's up to you to put a value on your expertise, your knowledge, and your services. So that no one else can actually assign that value. So you are in charge of 
up to a point, you're in charge of deciding what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there are market forces, but it's a big market. So you just need to find the right place for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think that's it for now. No doubt well, something else will come to me later. Okay. So maybe that lends to... Yeah, because I know part of, you know, our listeners can't really see you. Uh, I know you live in, you mentioned you live in Barbados and, yes. you know, you, you happen to be a black woman. So you have additional experiences in freelancing that many, you know, like I as, as a white woman would not have had. Uh, is, are there pieces of advice or additional things you would add with that lens as well? Absolutely. When I started freelancing, I never used to put my picture on my website or anywhere mm. because I was convinced, and I wasn't totally wrong as it turned out, that there were people who would want to value my services lower because they immediately assumed, is that implicit bias thing, that mm. I couldn't be as skilled. Uh, and I've actually, I actually had a couple of people say, you know, who do you think you are? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. To be asking for this. But some years after I started, I thought, you know what? This is a great way to weed out people that I don't want to work with. Very good. Mm. Yep. So I say as a black professional, freelancer or whatever, just put your image out there. The right people will find you. The right people will find you. Good for you. Very that good. is awesome. Empowering. Definitely. Well, um, we do have to take a short break, but when we come back, I know you ha- you let us know that George Floyd's murder had an impact on you, and you've done some additional work around diversity and race and even have a book out as well that we wanted to explore more. So, uh, yeah, when we come back, we'll... We'll dive into those too. But first, you'll hear a song I wrote about what happens if we allow ourselves to align with what comes naturally right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's best indie book award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit truesunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at truesunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Laurieann Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit laurieannrising.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. To reach the show live, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send us an email to share the love at riseandshineisone.com. Now, back to Rise and Shine. Welcome back. You're listening to Rise and Shine. And that was a song called Naturally from Uncle Mark's CD titled One Piece at a Time, available at truesunbeam.com. So we're here with Sharon Hurley-Hall today, 
a professional freelance writer and author whose articles have been impacting my own life personally, especially over the last few months. And I know one of the reasons that I reached out to you was because of the articles you've been posting recently and your experience of speaking up more now, which I so admire. Uh, and you mentioned you were impacted by George Floyd's murder. Would you be willing to tell us a bit more about that? Absolutely, absolutely. It's a strange thing because I'm here in the Caribbean. Uh, I'm British originally, British Barbadian. And you might wonder why the murder of a black man in the US would have such an impact on me. But the truth is that in the Caribbean, we share this, the history of being uh, post-enslavement societies. Mm. We, there are lots of ties between Caribbean and America. I, I have a sister and two cousins, black people who live in the US. So from a family point of view, that also affects me. And just the idea that the color of your skin could get you killed. Now, the US is not the only place to have racism. I lived in England for 15 years, and there's racism there too. But in England, for the most part, I'm not likely to get shot. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and I think because it was such, it was an it was incontrovertible proof of how awful the situation is. You know, someone was videotaped killing a black man. Very cold-heartedly, A handcuffed under the custody of, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it struck me. It's, it's like one more thing. Every time mm. another black person gets murdered, we all feel it. If you, you better believe people all around the Caribbean, black people in all over the world are talking about this as we know because there have been all these black lives matter protests but it kind of really gets you in the heart mm -hmm. you know it's 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 hurtful it's angering it's sad uh, it's it's a whole range of emotions and so that has led to me finally speaking out about my experience as a black professional in dealing with issues and a black human being in dealing with with issues of race mm -hmm. uh, and I've dealt with them in many countries because I, I lived in France, I lived in England, I current, I've lived in three places in the Caribbean and I visited, visited the US regularly. <laughs> so I would say I have a fairly broad mm -hmm. of racial discrimination. Yeah, an international <laughs> mm -hmm. experience for sure. Good perspective. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Do you, do you, I mean, you mentioned some subtle difference in England. Uh, are there other differences from country to country that that you can articulate? I'm sure some of it's sort of just subtle, but um, I don't know. Well, well, actually, that kind of leads into my book, Exploring Shadism, mm. because in the Caribbean, what tends to happen, because in, in most islands in the Caribbean, Black people are, now, are in the majority, but the, the bulk of the wealth is still in the hands of the descendants of the plantocracy. <laughs> wow. Okay. Hmm. And so shadism or colorism is the idea of discriminating against people based on skin shade. And you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a result of slavery where the people who were the darkest skins were the people that had the most menial jobs and the people with the lightest skins were the people that had the better jobs. And when that period of enslavement <laughs> ended that's still applied up to a point. You know, you would get certain people doing the agricultural jobs and certain people getting the jobs uh, in banks. For example, in my, in my grandparents' era, you had to have a certain complexion in order to be employed in banking or one of the preferred professions. Mm. Okay. Wow. And, so, and so that language, that language of skin shade and difference is still around because you, you just don't get rid of it like that. Even though, you know, we have a black female prime minister, politicians and all of that kind of thing, but still 
you will hear people talking about uh, nice skin, you know, because it's light, nice mm. hair because it's not, uh, it, it's sort of wavy rather mm. than like mine, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So that is, so, so, so there's that. Mm. Um, in England, sometimes it can be a lot, a lot more subtle. Some of the experiences are the same, you know, like getting followed around shops because people assume that you might be there to steal something. Mm. People clutching their purse because they think you're about to mug them. Mm. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but, but whereas, you know, in, if I'm in the UK, I don't have to be worried about going up to speak to a policeman. Mm. If I'm in the US, I'm never going to do it. And that is even as a black woman. If I can find somebody else to ask a question, I will find somebody else. I am not approaching any member of law enforcement. You know, wow. I'm tall. I have short hair. If they see me from the back, they don't know whether I'm a young black man or a, or a black woman. I'm not risking it. It's that, bl it, it's that black and white. Excuse me. But, it is. Uh, it really is. It oh, really is. That says a lot about the police force differences. Goodness. Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, such a such a foreign reality to to this skin color over here mm -hmm. that we're that we that we happen to be wearing. It's just, and but but knowing that kind of fear, I mean, I have I I I can relate with that now, having been a white guy who has been pulled over and drug out of my car on more than one occasion and beaten by the police and wow. arrested and. For the the best uh, <clears throat> the best charge they could bring against me was uh, resisting arrest, mm -hmm. and and the series of but that was while you were curled up in a ball protecting your head. Right, right, yes. Okay. I, so and I, and I was I had my head smashed into the the uh, with the knee of the cop. Yeah. Into the into the concrete, uh, into the pavement. Actually, it was the so uh, so hard that it was bleeding in while I was sitting in the back of the of the police car um, and just to exemplify that that I, I I guess I'm I feel the need to share my experience here in this moment because you know I, I I'm I'm hearing so much of this from the perspective of white people who have never seen this kind of behavior from our police force because yeah. of their skin color. I want to invite you to the possibility that, that we need to wake up because as long as we continue allowing this behavior from to, towards any member of our society, we are allowing this behavior to happen to us as well. To everyone. To everyone yeah. and, and our children and our future generations and this this is the moment i believe that that we have to clean up this mess and i really appreciate your speaking to this um, i hope i i i hope you're right but we've been here before <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> you know yeah and and if i can just add one thing yeah that is a horrible experience to have to go through but you probably didn't fear that you were going to end. I don't know. Did you? Did you think that you were going to end up dead? Because because I, a black person in your exact same position would be worried about dying. Right. Right. I was actually only. I mine ended up being. Uh, I was arrested multiple times. I was uh, drug out of my house, for instance, in the but middle they of the never night. Pulled a gun, but they they? they. oh no! I I was. I had a taser in my face, but it wasn't an mm -hmm. actual gun. Uh, mm -hmm. on, on one occasion, but then I was finally because I I kept uh, uh, basically trying to figure out how this could actually be happening and, and trying to ask questions. Mm -hmm. I was finally put in jail for six months. Wow! Uh, for this and right. and got the experience of that life, you know. So so my my warning got to that level. But <laughs> that does. Yet at the same perspective. So I, I just really want to strongly encourage everyone to realize that it's not necessarily only a black issue. It is yeah. an issue that we have to deal with, not just, and it's not just the police. It is the ones who train the police. It is the system that, that supports yeah. all of that. So, so thank you uh, for 
I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. You got on a soapbox. Don't, don't get me started. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's very interesting because there's information circulating and I don't know how, I don't know how verifiable it is, but it's like the American police have a couple months training. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It's okay. very Which short training. Right. Yes. The, the British police have at least a year. And mm -hmm. after they finish that year of school, then they're, I think they're still on probation service uh, um, status for at least another six months after that. Right. Okay. So, you know, start there, start with better training. Yeah. And, yeah. and to, to go back to the, the question that Laurie asked me originally, at one point I thought to myself now, because there's always been this thing that as a black person, if you speak out about racism, that you're being unprofessional. Mm. You know what I mean? And I thought to myself, okay, enough is enough. How many more people have to die? Exactly. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm just going to speak. And I, I know a lot of other people that are feeling exactly the same way. And so there's more information out there. More people are sharing their experiences of, of whatever it happens to be. And, you know, those experiences are not just in the workplace because obviously there's the, will people see my picture and decide not to hire me? Mm -hmm. Will people assume that I'm less qualified because of the color of my skin? Yes, mm -hmm. they will. Mm -hmm. Will people assume I'm stupid because of the color of my skin and because I'm, I'm an introvert, so I tend to be very quiet? Yes, they will. Which you're are far more about that. Which you're, you're incredibly <laughs> yes, <they> are. <laughs> well educated. I mean, uh, you have, articulate and, I, and it's, clear. It's incredible and... what you have learned and and the degrees and the education and I mean you're you're an amazing human being and it's their loss as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so, well, so it's been interesting. It's been interesting. It's been interesting. But I, I found that people have been very responsive. So you know people have have appreciated the insight. People have responded. People have shared. You know conversations have been started and at least three new people have tried to hire me. Oh good. Okay. <laughs> you know which is great. Hey all right. You know. So, I know um, a couple of people I've, I've been following on LinkedIn and stuff, and a couple of people have had some negative responses to their articles as well as they have been speaking up. Have you, I mean, have, have you had a range of responses? It sounds like you've had some really positive ones, which is great. Um, but I don't know if you, has it increased any of the other challenges you've had as well, I guess? I have had, I've been very lucky so far in that most of the responses have been positive. Mm -hmm. There have been a couple of people that want to qualify my experience of discrimination that aren't sitting where I'm sitting, you know, that mm -hmm. want to say, yes, but what about, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All lives matter, uh, you know, which is like, yes, they do, but unless black lives matter, all lives won't matter that's not true okay right. Right. okay mm -hmm. i read a, a really great article this morning which i can't remember the i can't remember the title of it but i can send you the link if you want it that would be lovely right and it basically said why are you asking black people to fix racism when we're not the people that caused it Mm. <laughs> is that is exactly. that the one questioning uh allyship that's the one. Oh, you yeah, saw I, it I, I show yeah i i read it it was it's a phenomenal article and yeah. it's it's a valid question a very yeah. valid question yeah. we actually exactly. just talked about it i think recently or maybe probably with the anyway it's i'll, I'll definitely sure. post the link and share it as well because it's it's worth the read it, it to me it was one of those you know single women and, and moms have had the conversation for um, a very long time like you know why is it called babysitting when dad takes the kids but it's not for me when i have the kids because there's exactly an underlying assumption of whose responsibility it is exactly. and to say you know we're white allies assumes that it's black people's responsibility and it's not Mm. It's white I, I people who created the issue in the first place. It's patriarchy based. It, there's that too. Yes, absolutely. Like, that could yeah. be a whole like, other radio show. We could dive deep here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we should, we'll, we'll have to do this again. Very oh, much absolutely. And, and I, I'm, I, I'm open to that. 
Oh, well, I very much appreciate your your work, and uh, so and you've you've gotten into the shadism, colorism, and some of the this this your book is. Uh, do you, do you share some of your poetry? I'm gonna I'm gonna just I I I, I want to <laughs> I want to like. The questions I love to ask everybody is, you know, around music and poetry and, and the, and how are you, how are you implementing uh, your art into your life and what sort of, like what, what music, for instance, uh, are you most inspired by? Oh, that is a very tough question because much like my reading tastes, my musical tastes are eclectic. Mm -hmm. So... I love uh, I love some of the music by Nina Simone. I love stuff by Bob Marley. Uh, I love I love John Lennon's Imagine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Can I ask a question about that song? Yeah. All right. I I've been singing that song on the street. You know when I was doing my busking thing for years, and and I and I finally got to the point of. And when he's, the line comes around, you know, and I hope someday you'll join us. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sing it anymore. I could not sing someday anymore. So I've changed that line to, and I hope today you'll join us. Yes. And it feels so much better. It feels so yes. much more like this. Come on, John, where were you? <laughs> you know, I mean, dude, oh really? You know, we might not even be here now if you had changed one word, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, now, is that, is, that, is that just me or is that like, okay? I can see that point. I can see that point for sure. Uh, I want to throw in Bob Marley's Redemption song into the mix oh, as oh, well. Well, well okay. pretty much anything of Bob Marley. Well, yes. Okay, my favorite, right. my favorite, favorite of yeah. his is... No woman, no cry. The live version. <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, I wish we could be playing that in the background right now. No, you can't yes. talk over that though. You just you can't. no, no, no. You can't. You just have to no. listen. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, that's some awesome stuff. Well, you are definitely in uh, in Bob Marley Central. There were, <laughs> but I, I I very much appreciate the 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 input in there. And and do you, have you ever written songs, or do you use any of your poetry in uh, in music? I I have collaborated. Uh, I've collaborated on songs with people, helped mm -hmm. them with the lyrics, but mm -hmm. that's not my primary focus. I'm more of a wordsmith mm -hmm. than a mm -hmm. musician. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the music, but I don't write it. <laughs> uh, are you going to be? Uh, is there going to be a poetry book coming anytime soon? I mean, obviously... that is actually that is actually on the cards. Okay. Uh, I. I had had a plan before 2020 went sideways. <laughs> I think we all had that. <laughs> <laughs> there were lots 2020 of hindsight, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so my plan had been having, having had those uh, poems in the competition last year to work with my poetry mentor on getting some ready for an unpublished collection for a competition where the deadline is August, but I mean, basically have done nothing. So that might be, it might be delayed by a year, but eventually mm -hmm. I would like to publish a book of, a short book of poems, just the ones that I think are the best ones. Cool. Nice. All right. Well, you'll have to let us know. And I, I, will, I, I will definitely yeah. check out your medium blog as well because you <laughs> mentioned at least one is there so that hopefully you'll there. post more that'd be a great <laughs> excuse for uh, for the 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 next get together okay yes. sounds definitely good. all right yeah all right. you and you're continuing to post articles on your medium blog as, as well and what kinds of topics in in general do you cover there of course, <laughs> Sharon being Sharon, it's not just one thing, is it? Of course, that's what a blog is great for, though, right? I mean, that's... So, so I started, you're probably familiar, Laurie, with a site I used to run called Get Paid to Write Online. Mm -hmm. Okay, way, way back. Way back. When I, okay, so I ran that for seven years, and then I parked it on Medium. So it's still there, and people still are checking out the content, but I'm not, I'm not posting there very often. I have another one called 
being Sharon where I do occasional essays. And so I wrote a couple of things like just after the last US election, uh, I wrote some stuff about rape culture on one of an article mm. about that as well. And then of late, I, I, this year I joined a publication called Illumination, mm. which coincided with the George Floyd murder, with writing more about these topics. So lately I've been writing a lot about diversity, Black Lives Matter, equality, equity, and those things. But uh, like most writers, I have thoughts about a lot of things. So I've got lists. I, I actually also wrote, I also published my first ever short story. Oh, All right. Cool. Which, is, which is in the sci-fi genre. Oh, it's a, great. It's a, it's a short short, a flash, flash fiction, I think. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> See, oh, I don't even weird. know the terminology. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, and and, cool. uh, and you haven't even mentioned yet. We have uh, your your project with your sister. Oh gosh, yes. Okay, so you know, while everybody was at home, we thought, okay, let's let's do. We have been talking about this literally for for two years, right? My sister Lisa Hurley, she's uh, she's a copywriter. We both mm -hmm. ended up in the words business, mm -hmm. and. We've been, we've been massaging a lot of ideas. And then finally in January, it hit us that the thing that we shared that we could talk about was introversion. Mm -hmm. And if we branded it as the introvert sisters, we got to talk about anything because we're interested <laughs> in everything. <Okay>. Perfect. <laughs> That's such right? a great so, title. I love that. Right? So you can talk about introversion, but you can talk about world events. So we've, we've talked about introversion and shyness and we've talked about the George Floyd murder. We have talked about some of the things that people were doing during the early stages of uh, the coronavirus, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. an, a, a, a rail range. And it's been great fun. And we've been recording that. She's in Jersey. Mm. I'm here in Barbados. And we've recorded it on Zoom. And we've, we've given ourselves some grace. We said, okay, this is not how you would do it if we were both in the same place. You know, we're not, we don't have production facilities. We're just going to just put it out there and then we'll worry about those things later. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we've done. And so we did, we started, uh, I guess the first episode must have come out in April sometime. And so episode 15 just launched yesterday and that's the end of the season. And we had an off topic episode to do with, I think we called it what's next after blackout Tuesday. <laughs> right. Okay. In other uh, words, you know, don't, don't just, if you're going to, to ally, don't be performative, do something. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Just right. do it. And, and whatever it is, I would say, I would offer to, to our yeah. listeners, whatever it is you're getting the hit for right now. I think it is time. The time has come to just Get yeah. out of your own way and do it, right? I mean, that's exactly. what it comes down to. And okay, and your podcast is called? The Introvert Sisters. The and Introvert it is available Sisters. on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and a bunch of other places. Fantastic. Right. All right. Yes. Looking well, forward we, to that, Sharon. We're getting a little bit close to our time. So, but I, I had noticed on your website, you've actually got courses for freelancers as well. And so I wanted to make sure you had a chance to maybe touch on that for those who might be interested in getting uh, into the profession, especially since we're having so many unemployed and laid off right now, there might be some new opportunities waiting for people uh, and make sure that everybody knows where they can find more from you. So what? Okay. So one of my other, many other projects was something I called the biz of writing which started out being a program to mentor writers and ended up being a program to mentor small business owners because content is at the heart of everything you do to promote yourselves these days. Mm -hmm. And so it covers uh, content marketing, email marketing, getting your website out, ensuring that you're talking to your clients. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's, that's basically what it is. And I'm also now mentoring others via Jacob McMillan's Right Minds program. So I've just joined that mm. team as well. So because, because helping others succeed is important to me, you mm. know, passing on some of the lessons, you know, that, that, I mean, I was really touched when you said that you regarded me as a mentor, because for me, that's very important, mm -hmm. you know, not just to gather knowledge and 
hog it for yourself, but to share it and let other people, let other people benefit. Exactly. Right? Oh, well, well, you have definitely done that today. You, you, you're overqualifying so yourself. This is, yeah, that's wonderful. No I, no, I don't mean that. You know what I mean. You, you know what I know saying. what you mean. Okay, good. All right. Thank you. Now listen to what he means, not what he says. Yes, please. That, that, oh, that should be a prerequisite for the show in the first place. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I think yeah. we're, we're probably getting close to our... Uh, our, we, we are. our our time frame are. here but uh, and but i uh before we go i just wanted to to r- remind our audiences and our wonderful listeners that it's really you who uh keep us on the air in two ways okay when you review the show on whatever platform you're listening to and share it with your friends and family it helps us touch more hearts like yours and keep this thing going you know, and number two is when you participate in our fan club, that's the family and friends action networking, FAN, right? Club that uh, you not only get, you don't only get extended access to interviews and other bonuses for as little as $2 a month, but your contribution helps keep the lights on for the show. Yeah, definitely. It makes a huge difference for us and all of our guests because you get Amazing, amazing information. And uh, coming up next week, we're going to be talking with Jeffrey Van Dyke, the Courageous Messenger, about how he helps entrepreneurs and leaders marry their money to their message and make a lasting and powerful difference. We've actually experienced his life-changing webinars before, so we absolutely know it's not one you want to miss. So check it out next week. So thank you very yes. much, Sharon, thank for you. being with us thank and you. for your thank amazing you. gifts to the world. And everybody, be sure to check her out. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to our next get-together. Yeah. It's been so, a pleasure. All right. Until next week. Wherever you are right now. There's time. For remembering to rise, rise and shine. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. <laughs>